Full of Hope, Episode 16, We Love Because God First Loved Us, from 1 John 4. Well, hello, Hope Fellowship. Welcome to our podcast, Full of Hope, Encouraging One Another with the Word of God, where we seek to regularly equip the people of Hope Fellowship with truth from Scripture in order to help us cling to our Savior during troubled times. My name is Jeff Brewer. I'm one of the pastors at Hope Fellowship. Last time, we looked at the love of God from John 3.16. Today, we're going to look at 1 John 4, and talk about how the love of God is a powerful motivator for loving others. Love is so prevalent in 1 John 4 that it caused William Tyndale to say when he came to this chapter, John sings his old song again. And sing he does. John, in just these 14 verses alone, uses uses some form of the word love 27 times. He wants God's love and our response to God's love to provide some assurance to the believer. In verse 8, John wrote that God is love, which means, as the commentator John Stott once wrote, all his activity is loving activity. It's a concise definition that shows us that all of who God is is the standard of true love. And this love is seen most clearly and fully in the person and work of Jesus. Listen to 1 John 4, 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, that we so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. We don't define love by professing or demonstrating love for God. Love is defined by how God shows us love in how He's revealed His Son. That He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a word that means averting wrath and bestowing favor. Jesus' death averted the wrath of God due us for our sins by taking upon himself the wrath of God at the cross as our substitute. This act not only took on the wrath of God, but it also bestowed his favor. We were were able to understand and enjoy the love of God because of Jesus' propitious work. When we understand this love, God doesn't intend that it just stays in our hearts. He intends for it to spill out to others. The way he puts it in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Thomas Manton, a Puritan, he once wrote, love is like an echo. What it receives, it returns. The love that we see at the cross did not originate with us. We're only reflecting or echoing his love back to him or to others that we've seen at the cross. It's a self-sacrificing, others-focused love that has been demonstrated to us, and so our love for others is a self-sacrificing, other-focused love. For the Christian, since the cross is at the heart of God's love for us, and it's at the heart of Scripture, love should be the predominant note of our lives. In the church, we should be marked by love in our fellowship with one another. You know, think about how the world loves. The world loves those who give something to us, whether it be intimacy or care or just a good feeling for helping someone. 
Here's how Paul Tripp defined love based on God's Christ-centered love. Love is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another that does not require reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. Let me just say that again. Love is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another that does not require reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. In this way, Christian love for one another is a self-sacrificial love. It's not because the person is deserving. It's not because they'll love us back. That's the kind of love that shows forth the power of the cross in a person's life. If you're a Christian, you've been loved with the ultimate and self-sacrificial love in Christ. He's now calling you to lay down your supposed rights and what you think you deserve or what deserves you have and love for the good of others and the glory of God. But let's be honest. We all fail at this. We've hurt others and we've been hurt. We all have longings for love that others that have not fulfilled completely. In fact, it's impossible for them to fulfill our deepest longings for love. What we expect from love from others is not what we always receive. And the love we would expect to receive is not what we give. So what do we do when we fail at loving others or we're hurt by others and not being loved in the way that we would like? Well, two things that we can focus on today when we feel this way. We return to the cross, and we have our expectations shaped by the cross. We return to the cross quickly and often. We remember the love that we've been shown, and we keep that love as the ultimate standard for love. Not our broken promises or unmet expectations or definition of love that we think we should have. And we keep our expectations in line with the cross. In other words, we don't expect to receive love that can only be fulfilled by God. We don't love others so that they'll change into what we want them to be. But we love them because of who they are in Christ. And for those that don't know Christ, we love them with a Christ-like love that loves them enough to show who they can become in Christ, not who they are at present. Again, John Stott summarizes it well. The unseen God, who once revealed himself in his Son, now reveals himself in his people if and when they love one another. He has shown us his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And now, we, as Christians, are visual aids of Christ's love to all those who are around. And so, Hope Fellowship, remember... We've been shown love in Christ at the cross. Let's be a people who display this love to others as we love them. We love because he first loved us. We'll see you next time.